buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Hustle. I have a special guest for you, Ryan Reisart, the sales director of Connect and Sell. I'm super stoked to just jump into his story, how he got into sales and pack this episode with tons of things that you can implement and up your sales game. Um, and, you know, I know for sure that Ryan is somebody who practices what he preaches because he goes live and does it. And you can tune in and see what he is doing and check out him out behind the scenes. Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm really excited for the conversation Yeah, today. so just tell me a little bit high level. I like to tell people, keep it short. Give us the short version of how you got into sales, and then let's save most of the time to just give you know some tactical sales nuggets for the listeners. Sure, yeah. I, I think I have a, a, a story that's not, you know, different than most folks who've stumbled into sales. Like, I didn't plan yeah. on it, right? I, uh, I, I studied... Uh, math and engineering in college uh, with the goal of becoming a high school teacher uh, and I wanted to go back and coach so I was a, like a three sport athlete in high school and um, somehow sucked at everything else but was pretty good at math and so I, I, uh, I went to school thinking oh, okay I'll just teach math and, and be a coach uh, but uh, I graduated in 2008 so um, the, uh, the last time it was really exciting to, <laughs> to get into uh, the market uh, in the last downturn. So I know all about, you know, what, what life can be like when things are pretty exciting and all of a sudden turning into what's going on, right? Yeah. So graduated 2008, was going to go do my student teaching, decided that where I grew up, which is a pretty rough area in Washington State, um, probably wasn't going to be a good place for me to be, so I followed a couple of my friends from college to the, some internships they had in San Francisco just to visit them over a weekend, and um, just fell in love with what I saw. There was like Porsches driving around everywhere, and there was a Ferrari, the first Ferrari I ever seen in my <laughs> life, like parked outside of a, 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 a just a, a restaurant on the side of the road. I was like, what is this place? I should be here. It's like the world's burning, and there's like money being flaunted in San Francisco, so I packed everything I owned into my 86 Toyota 4Runner, sold everything else and drove down and decided I was going to find a job. So um, what do you do when you're trying to find a job at a college and you don't, and you have a math degree? I guess you choose sales. So, you know, got into Craigslist and started applying for as many jobs as I could and finally landed at, uh, at a company and, and uh, you know, that's how I kind of stumbled into into this great career that we uh, that we shared uh, All right. Sales. So tell me. So yeah. you probably realized you weren't going to get the Ferrari teaching. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. So, man, so you packed everything in, moved to San Francisco. What was your first sales job and what was that like and what did you learn in that role? Yeah, so, so you know, believe it or not, during a downturn, um, you know, having a math degree doesn't really go over well uh, in the interview process. So you have to try to learn how to start selling yourself early. So I was applying for pretty much anyone that was hiring at the time. And uh, about 50 job interviews in and a couple of finals where they're like, we love you. We just wish you had some experience later. I got a, I got a job at a company called Rex & Co., um, and so Rex and Co was a, uh, a, 50, a fifty million dollar backed startup in San Francisco, and of course I didn't know this at the time because I didn't have very good business acumen yet. But uh, it was a home, a home finance uh, product, and so again this was in two thousand eight when you know homes were doing so well. Yeah. But it was a, it was a unique way to um, tap into your equity without without uh, refinancing or doing like a reverse mortgage. It was called a, a Rex agreement, mm. right? So. You would, invent, you would be able to take money today in exchange for the future change in value of your home. So they're betting on the fact that you know your home price is always going to go up over time. And after 30 years, you can either you know pay it back or uh, plus the change in value or um, sell your home and then you know share the upside of the home. So it's a really cool idea. I love the math behind it. It made a lot of sense to me. Um, and I landed that job, was ramping in that job for about six weeks before the government pulled the funding. And... That's when, um, you know, because AIG was one of those kind of bailouts and all of our entire company was laid off overnight. Wow. So uh, <laughs> that was my first uh, first job um, in sales. But what I learned there uh, was a lot of things. One was um, that you need to have good marketing to have good sales. So there was like this massive, massive inbound engine that they created that, you know, basically just fed the cues for us as reps, blog in the morning, I didn't have to check anything, I go to my Salesforce queue, you know, here's how I'm gonna manage my day. Log in, go to this list, go to this list, go to this list. And that was all powered from a nice marketing engine. So I haven't experienced that since, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so good marketing makes sales a lot easier because without knowing anything, you know, I was like, I had already had like six applications back in a time when, you know, it was supposed to be difficult to sell things like that. Uh, and I didn't even know what I was doing yet, but that was because marketing was supporting sales. The other thing I, I learned there was was sales ops and uh, how CRM can be your friend, mm. right? There it was all nice and tight, super simple, didn't have to think about things. As long as I followed the process, you know, put in the right information, it was my friend, right? I knew what to do, I knew how to follow up accordingly. And again, since then, very difficult to find organizations where that's nice and clean and tight and, um, you know, you're not fighting against someone else to get fields that you'd want to make your life easier or vice versa, you know, saying, why do I have to put in that data? It's redundant type of yeah. thing, right? So sales ops, marketing key to be good in sales. And then um, obviously uh, just learning the fundamentals of, you know, follow the process, uh, command the message, and then, you know, it's a numbers game. So those are the things that I learned in that first show. So, so you learned some really good uh, fundamentals that, you know, is, is especially the CRM, right? So many salespeople don't use the CRM, don't view the CRM as their friend, view the CRM as a waste of their time, and they only do what's, you know, absolutely necessary rather than, you know, really making their life easier. Um, so tell me a little bit like, you know, that job didn't work out, but, you know, you uh, it's clear that you have a passion for sales. I mean, you loves everything about sales or else you wouldn't be going live doing cold calls on a daily basis. So when did that transition happen? Where and how? And walk me through that. 
yeah, so <laughs> glad my passion comes out. Uh, so it's like I live and live and beat this stuff, at least especially top funnel stuff. So um, you know, during that time when when you know the 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 layoffs happened, I was really kind of my my I don't know, it's called my ego or my uh, my drive was a little bit mm. hit because it was just a lot of work to get there, right? Like sold everything, quit what I was gonna do for my career, came down here, it took a while to get that job. I was out of money. And boom, now I'm out of a job again too, right? I was like, I was just starting to ramp up and feel some success. But the, the, the bright side of that was, I thought I was going to have to go maybe even over a longer period of time to find the next job because it took me so long to find that one. But this is where I really fell in love with sales is now I had some experience. I had a reference from a manager. I knew how to use Salesforce, right? You know, so I could put that on my resume and I could talk about how, how, how to use it and how to implement it and how to, how to actually be more effective mm-hmm. with it, right? So this is the middle of the downturn. Now the world's burning. Like people are losing their jobs. I'm one of them. Within one week of that, I had three more job offers. So like the day we got, you know, all of us laid off, the, the sales manager, um, that I, Matt McGraw, who eventually I started a company with later down the road, but he took the whole sales team, got with us, helped us craft our resumes, put us in touch with recruiters. And like we were in, we were in interviews like the next day. And I had three offers within a week. So that right there, just like light bulbs went off in my head. Like sales can transform your entire world, no matter where you came from. It doesn't really matter your background. Like I was blessed enough to have gotten into college. I was the first person in my family to go to college. But, um, but even, if, even if I didn't um, have a college degree, if I got sales skills, I could probably get a job. And, you know, Mark Cuban backs this, this claim up all the time, right? Sales cures all. Um, and, uh, you know, many others believe that if you can sell, you're, you're going to be in good shape. And I personally have touted that, banged that drums ever since, right? I've started a couple companies around that. And uh, for me personally, that, that moment in my life was like, what the hell am I going to do? Is like, oh, I got another paycheck again. And, you know, that was a motivator for me to get in and make sure that I was doing all the right things early to get some success. And, um, you know, that, that, that passion for, um, being able to kind of create my own future and not rely on others is, is really what drew, drew me to sales in the first place. But most importantly was this idea that like I could own my own future. I didn't have to rely on the man or the, the company, yeah. you know, it's on me, right? If I work, if I work hard, even if the company doesn't so well, doing so well, someone else will want my skill set at some point in the future. So I can always go out and get the money I need to provide for myself and eventually. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because there's going to be a lot of people that have a similar story to you now with the current situation, the financial situation because of COVID and people getting laid off. But you know what? Most companies are always hiring salespeople, you know, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to fall into sales or be graduating and get into sales or lost their job and get into sales um, or whatever the case is, you know, the really traditional story is people falling into sales by accident or getting into sales as their plan B, right? Um, And it can be a career that you really do make your own destiny. Like, you know, you're going to get what you put into it and you can really make a career of it. And good salespeople, really good salespeople at the core know, know that regardless of what they're doing today, if they lost it all or the company folded, they could get a job and get right back to where they were selling something else. Yep, yep, and that's what that's what really you know attracts me to the profession. And, and then you know, fast forward, time.
time time a little bit, right? So um, you know, the, the the next company I ended up working with uh, was a pay-per-click advertising company. I didn't know anything about pay-per-click except that I thought that those were like spam spam leads back then, right? So I was like, oh, you mean like pop-ups? Like, no, like when you search, you see these like sponsored links. Like, who clicks those things, right? Um, so I stumbled into that business, and with my math background and kind of the data side of things, I really fell in and fell in love with the idea of like you know, the marketing equation, which is like I taught as a sales equation now, is just target message channel timing, right? So if you got the right audience with the right message and the right channel at the right time, you're gonna you're gonna earn a sell. You know, that same that same fundamental principle translates really well into the top of the funnel for B2B sales. And um, you know, since you know having success success selling now on the B2C side, I've, I started to get really, really interested in how to take those same principles and apply them to, to B2B. And um, during that, that time frame, this is about 2000, this is 2009, 2010 that I'm at Eastridge Vision, which is a paper book company. You also have, you know, like predictable revenue coming into the market, Aaron Ross's book, um, and um, some new technologies coming to the market, like a Yesware and things like that, where you start to see those same principles that I was seeing in pay-per-click you could kind of take that same concept and apply it into the top of the funnel. Mm. And you also saw the rise of, um, you know, sales development. You know, when I started, it was called the lead generation specialist, right? That was my first role, like setting appointments yeah. for, you know, the, the, the sales directors or the sales managers, right? Now, uh, you know, you got the SDR AE funnel. And so I saw this huge rise in demand for talent, specifically the sales development talent, which is like that perfect persona of someone like me, where it's like, you know, the best ones typically didn't, you know, think they wanted to be in sales, but they kind of have that, that grit and that drive, but they maybe not know it yet. So like, how do you go out and like mold and find that talent and then put those into high growth companies so that they can go in and like kind of own their own future state. And so that's where I got, you know, later part of my career, I got really, really fascinated with sales development, um, all around kind of a process, people, and then the technology that really enables that to, you know, help companies go from, um, nobody knows you to, you know, you see all of the success that tech companies have had. Most of the companies that I've worked for have been nobody known startups and every single company has been, you know, had some sort of exit at this point. So, all right. So tell, so tell me, when did you start the live streaming and, and tell us what that's all about and what can people expect? Yes. What can people expect if they tune in? Yeah. So, 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 uh, I have, uh, Prior to being at Connect and Sell, I started a company called the Sales Developers, and at the Sales Developers, we were helping uh, companies essentially do outsource sales development, but there was more consulting advisory services on top of it. And one of one of my um, reps, his name is Josh Forrest, is a guy that helps me with some, some marketing stuff now under Ricer Consulting, and he thought it'd be a great idea to start live streaming on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> My cold calling, right? Like, so a lot of people right now are really uh, um, just afraid to pick up the phone. They, they're now at home. They maybe used to work, you know, with a group at, at office. And so being motivated, but also just like even what to do. Um, he thought it'd be a great idea to live stream. And I was like, no one's going to watch that stuff. So uh, anyway, I'll try it out. So I, I set up the Twitch. Um, really, at the beginning, it was just a, a way to try to help motivate people to get back on the yeah. phone. Um, you know, because right now people have a lot of, assumptions that just aren't true like people aren't picking up the phone because they're not at the office um, which is which it's the know. exact opposite more people are picking up the phone yeah. you're getting more connects right yeah yeah exactly especially in certain segments right like uh um you know people that traditionally were busy and traveling and you know in meetings all day long are 
not, not there anymore. So like, it's and look, to and looking for more human connection because they're not getting it. Exactly. Uh, so, so you know, motivating people uh, to to kind of just you know get out there and do it, and then also um, trying to come up with a unique way to um, highlight uh, or at least like call out some of the I don't want to call them false. I don't want to say that people are providing the wrong advice. It's just like they don't have the visibility into what truly is working versus not working. So it's like, hey, if someone's saying this doesn't work, why don't you just come tune in and watch me do it? And it seems to work just fine. Or um, also realize that, you know, well, a lot of people say works, works some of the time, but the majority of the time that you're, you're actually proactively selling or cold calling in this case, you're going to fail. So trying to highlight the imperfections around what happens to try to motivate others to say, hey, look, if this guy can do it live and, you know, doesn't get hurt when he, when someone says no or hang up on him, like maybe that will motivate more people to get out there and, you know, get on the phones, which I think will help kind of jumpstart our economy. <laughs> you know, if I can motivate just one more salesperson to get out there and make one more call and that results in one more sale, like that's a good thing for our economy right now, which uh, can't be a bad thing. And it's kind of taken off, um, went from Twitch to LinkedIn accepted my live application, so now it streams LinkedIn Live, and, and I've got the Twitch following growing. It's been going for about a month and a half. Nice. Now. That's awesome. All right, so basically the context is you're doing live cold calls. The goal is to help motivate other people that are maybe having a hard time getting on the phone. They can tune in, see what you're doing, see what's working, what's not working, You know, busting some myths or uh, some, some misconceptions that people have about cold calling and, and getting on the phone and things like that. Um, which I think is, is super helpful. Now you have a bit of a, a routine or a bit of a, uh, you know, to get, I seen you just suited up in, in your cold calling gear. And, uh, I don't know, do you have like a little bit of music? Like, do you have a ritual of like getting started before you get pumped to get on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of adopted a bit. I always, always try to have a, a, a song in the morning before I call, like, you know, just to kind of get the juices going. So I'm always cold calling, standing up, and I always want to have some sort of song just to get that, you know, positivity going, uh, get you out of whatever funk you were before. Like, let's get into the, the high energy for calling. So stand up, song, do a little dance, uh, you know, just jump around a little bit. And then I brought the suit in because um, there's a, a friend of mine is starting a company called SDR League. Um, so SDR League is going to be a way to help you know, folks that are trying to break into tech companies or even just, you know, showcase their own skill set. So similar to what we're talking about in the last downturn, like, hey, maybe I just got furloughed. Show off that there's like high value talent on the market and maybe, you know, make it a fun competition. So he's got this idea of live streaming competitions, SCR competitions. And so, um, you know, I'm like going to be the first, one of the first competitors against another guy and so i thought if we're going to do that i might as well get a uniform oh nice so my my, my nickname is uh racer and rugby I, so um so i'm i'm using that same nickname racer and it's like a car suit because i'm you know going fast all right so, who, so who, who's fun. your who's your it's first opponent uh so it's it's michael uh, uh justin michael um so I don't know if you follow Justin Michael at all, uh, online at all. He's he's writing a book, I think it's called like Technology Quotient, it used to be something else. But he likes to call himself the cyborg, the sales cyborg. Okay. So he's like kind of merging technology and humans and he's a big big proponent of the future of sales and AI. Um, so it's gonna be me. So the, the rate racer versus cyborg uh, is the first 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 competition. Awesome. Yeah. I'll look out for that. All right, so let's back up for a second because I think there's an important nugget that I kinda wanna dig a little deeper on, right? So you talk about like 
you know, kind of putting your suit on, putting your music, like really, you know, standing up, like getting your mindset right before you start hopping on that phone and making that calls. Cause there's a big piece of mindset and a lot of people have a hard time, you know, setting their last call aside to get into the next call or they bring that in or they have an issue, they have problems with, you know, they have something maybe personal going on, which we all do and having a hard time setting that aside to get into the mindset of, you know, getting into, you know, making their calls and what sort of tactical advice do you have for folks around that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is, is time block like a champ, right? So when you're cold calling and you're prospecting, like that's what you should be doing. No other distractions um, until you can handle them, right? Like you might be able to do your social selling email, but like most people need to just block off time. This is my power hour, whatever you want to call it, and, and make sure you stick to it and do it daily, you know, daily, right? You know, don't, don't skip it. Um, so that's the first part, like block it. Second part from the mindset perspective is, doesn't matter what you did before, you've got to be in a position where if you're not mentally prepared to, you know, have that optimistic edge, you're just not going to have success. The energy, the delivery, the tonality, the, the way you even receive the, the, the potential blowback that's going to happen when you do this, it's just not going to work out, right? It's going to come through in your, in your, your delivery. So... Whatever you can do to get yourself clear and in the right mental mindset of, hey, I'm going to go and have some fun. At least that's how I like to say it. Like you got to get in that mindset. This would be fun, not not taxing. Yeah. Um, the more you can get there, the better you're going to going to come over the phone, right? So the standing up, the energy, the power pose concept, right? Uh, smiling if you can. I, I like to add literally in my scripts like chuckling, you know, when, between words, like force myself to laugh, like when I'm delivering the the message, so I can remind myself that. Hey man, this isn't rocket science. We're not trying to put a man on the moon, right? No one's gonna die, you know. No matter what's being said, it's not gonna be a bad thing. So that's the type of mindset piece. And then the other thing is, um, you know, you don't need to put on a suit, but I just do that for fun, right? Hopefully, some entertainment value. But um, but uh, but then the the final piece is just like really understanding what I like to call your math of sales. And your math of sales is really important to know because. It helps you really understand what every single thing that you do at the top of the funnel means to your ability to be successful. What I mean by that is like activities, sales activities, making dials, sending emails, researching leads, whatever. Those are all done to create conversations, right? So activities produce conversations. That's the first conversion rate, right? How many activities does it take to get a conversation? Then conversations produce next conversations. Some of those are meetings, some of those are follow-ups, etc. Those meetings eventually create, if they show up, potentially opportunities, and opportunities eventually turn into dollars, and dollars, hopefully more dollars, right? So those are all conversion events that you should be tracking. And um, one of the things that you should really try to understand right away is, is your math of sales. And so your math of sales never lies. Your math of sales is your math of sales, right? So you need to know how many activities this type of people result in a conversation, how many of those conversations generally go to a next step, so on and so forth. And once you know your math of sales, you can get into the right mindset to know that, look, nobody's 100% on cold calling, right? And in fact, the top, top, you know, cold callers in the world, if you will, that are going to do this at scale, you know, you're pretty, you're world class if you're, you know, batting, you know, one out of 10, right? If you could convert 10% of your cold conversations, you're freaking crushing it. And that's kind of backed by the concept of a buyer's pyramid, back behind me right now, um, Chet, Chet Holmes wrote about this concept. Like if you've got your total adjustable market, only 3% is buying now, 6 to 7% are open to it, 30% aren't really thinking about it, so you might be able to sled some of those in. But 30% know they're not interested, and 30% don't think they're interested. So 60% 
of all your calls right away or already if you're doing a good job of like really going after a market like high velocity and cherry picking six out of ten of the times you're gonna get a hard no you're gonna get the door slammed in your face you're gonna be brushed off or whatever and that's just data right you just have to be prepared for that those six those six no's are required to get to the yes now the other four that's where the art comes in with the science is like how well can you deliver the message the value prop all these other things to try to get into that 40 percent but if you're sitting at 10 percent you're getting all those that are pretty much open to it and buying now and that's going to be where your real money's made so you got to optimize for those numbers um, now every market's a little bit different your territory could be different, depending on the life cycle of your product or service could be a little bit different, but knowing those numbers and, and then setting a benchmark for what your math of sales should look like, it's really, really fundamental to being able to go in, have fun, and be successful over time because you'll know what numbers you're trying to drive for. And it's not activities anymore. Activities don't matter. You should be looking at how many daily conversations can you get regardless of the outcomes and knowing that it's okay to celebrate those no's. And so I'll do push-ups behind every conversation, keep me in shape a little bit, and I actually, I actually mark off every single out outcome. Yes, no, not me, not now. And I'm just marking that up so I can track and be a little bit successful and being you know, aware of what's going on. And now that I have that benchmark of what success looks like, I also can use that data to start to optimize where I might be struggling. Am I getting way too many no's? Well, now, now if it's way past my average, I can start to look at my target right people, am I saying the right things? Am I getting way too many yeses? Am I, am I actually, is there something to learn from that? Like way too many yeses isn't necessarily a good thing. Could I do deeper qualification? Mm. Did I just, just, did I hit a nugget with a larger potential opportunity or is this kind of a fluke, right? So I can start to analyze my, my day and the outcomes of that are not attached to did I book an appointment or not. Wow. And that's super important to, to, to your long-term success of wanting to do this every day. All right, right? folks, listen up, because there's tons of nuggets in there. We're going to dig into some of those. So the math of sales, you, you went to school to be a math teacher, so I see where, where that came from, right? So uh, tell me, like, what are, some, what are some things that people need to be tracking to figure out their math of sales? Like, what do they need to be looking at to kind of get started down that path if they aren't already? Yeah, so, so there's really, um, there's only a handful of conversion, you know, numbers that you should care about. So the first thing, and we're talking about phone right now, right? So other stuff, you can do this for every channel, but let's just talk about the phone because that's the one that, you know, people fear the most, right? So the first thing you want to track is your dial to connect. In any given list, how many dials does it take to get a, a conversation with the person from that list? I'm not talking about gatekeepers and things like that, but if I'm calling Ryan, I talk to Ryan, right? Like how many dials does it take for me to connect with somebody from that list? So that's the first thing you want to track. Um, and that's important because you want to know, you know how difficult it is to get a conversation started. And if you're you know, going to market, you want to start to track that from an efficiency perspective to just to see if you know, your list is exhausted or you know, really what your cost is to you know, acquire that conversation support metric. The next one is um, when you actually get a conversation, what percentage of those say yes, right, to your offer. And so a lot of times at the top of the funnel, your offer is going to be to take a meeting, you know, discovery or a demo or something of that nature. Um, sometimes it's something else, you know, maybe it's like attend a webinar or something like that. But um, how many conversations does it take to get a successful conversion, right, uh, a next step, a next meeting? Um, so that's, uh, that's the next metric that you want to care about. You call that the conversion rate or I call it a success rate on a cold call. Um, the next one you want to track is show rate. So just because someone said yes to go to a webinar or attend a meeting with you or whatever it might be, whatever your offer is, doesn't mean they show. So what percentage of those 
yes is actually show. Um, the next one from there is qualification or sales accepted rate. You know, everyone calls these things differently, but what percentage of those are actually qualified and forecasted into pipeline? And then the final one is your close rate. What percentage of those actually close? So, so with those with those metrics, you can you can do quite a lot. Um, at so the top. so then my next question is what is your what's your math of your sales? Like what is your what are your numbers? Yeah. yeah so so since January, I've been making some tweets since I went live, so I don't know what it is. But since January, if I go back, um, dial to connect on average is around four percent. So I get a call. I can connect with someone about every 24, 25 dials. Um, I'm converting at 9% of those connects say yes. Uh, to a discovery or a demo or whatever you're offering. Yeah, ours is just an intro call uh, as a first phase. And then from there, it gets a little bit blended with our numbers, but I'll, I'll kind of combine the two. From there, 70% of my cold meetings will show. So I get about a 30% no-show rate or cancellation or whatever. And that's just due to the fact that I might have said something that was interesting. They go check out the website. Like, oh, actually, it just doesn't look for me or whatever, yeah. right? So, um, you know, 70% will show. Um, and then of the shows, um, we do something called a test drive. So um, we pitch a test drive, which is let's go instead of me doing a demo and all that stuff like let's just have your reps show up and, and use it for you know use the system for a day so about um 40 percent of my discos turn into test drives like they actually sign the documents and then of those 40 percent if they show up to the test drive and run will ultimately become a customer so those are my numbers and what i've seen now since i've gone live my actual um, dial to connect has gone up quite a bit because now I'm only targeting CEOs. I've taken out lower titles, so my dial to connect's actually in the um, I think it was in the 60s as of last week. So it's about three times more difficult to get somebody on the phone. But my conversion rate has uh, spiked. It's at like 17, almost 18 percent now. So it's three times harder to get someone on, but it's about two times easier, or I got a better conversion rate, and I'm I'm much higher in the in the funnel. So I haven't had the, the, the lower funnels come all the way through yet because it's only been about a month now, so I'll have to look at that. But of the meetings I've had, I'm converting a little bit higher into a test drive so far, which is great. And I'm, I'm keeping it within the C-suite uh, as we go so, through the funnel. So I'd imagine this is going to speed up our deal velocity and also increase the quality of my lower funnel conversions Right. Well. So, but Right, but basically your math is going to change depending on your market, your role, and things like that. So when you switch something up like that, it can change it significantly. Yeah, I mean, it's all about like, you should have your math of sales for every campaign. If you right. think about like, you know, I think about it from a campaign perspective, just from the marketing background. But like, every time I have an offer, right, that offer needs to, you know, go back to who, who cares about this? What is it that they care about from a mess of target message? What is it that we're actually offering and how to you know, articulate that via the channel? Where's the channel that, uh, what channel should I be using to, um, to send this information, right? So is it phone, email, ads, events, whatever, right? And then finally timing. Um, and that's the kind of like the, the follow-up and I have a system that I've developed they call buckets. But um, those are the four things that you should care about from like kind of the overall um, you know, campaign creation process. And then within your math of sales, you know, you, you actually should even divvy that up from, we're talking about just the phone, but you can start to break that down by channel 
and you're starting to really analyze, you know, how difficult is it for me to get a conversation? And then when I get these conversations, you know, I really want to try to monitor. For me, I'm trying to be as efficient as possible with my time. So how do I get to, you know, revenue as efficiently as possible? And each of those conversion rates helps me understand, um, you know, through my math of sales, uh, you know, and again, in my target RP, am I saying the right things? And will this be a viable or a profitable endeavor, mm -hmm. right? Uh, from 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 my uh, my conversion rates, right? Average deal size, customer value, so on and so forth. Right, 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 right. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Um, tell folks where they can find you, where they can tune into your live stream, and then what you have for them that we're going to include in the show notes. Yeah, sure. I uh, again appreciate for you having me on the show. Uh, the uh, if you guys want to follow me, LinkedIn's a great place. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually slash sales development rep i think if you like look me up like that's my linkedin <laughs> url oh, wow. um uh and from a while back but uh so but follow me there uh, my phone number is literally in my headline so you know call me anytime if you'd like um and then uh from a giveaway here uh the ceo and i and my old business partner wrote an ebook called the math of sales market dominance um, so we have it linked in the show notes, but it will help you walk through the idea, some of the things we talked about today around, you know, mapping your total addressable market and then kind of deploying some tactics around getting out and having a conversation with everybody that you'd want to have a conversation with every quarter. And then there's actually a resource linked in there where you can go in and play with, um, your math of sales, uh, create kind of what's your total addressable market and, and what your activity metrics could look like for you to go out and actually truly, you know, run the play. So it's a great little resource, free ebook that should be linked. And, uh, you know, if anyone ever wants to talk about that live, uh, feel free to shoot me a note. Give me All a call. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ryan. I appreciate it. Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.